Happy Easter, everybody. This is a day to know life. And wherever you are and whatever you are facing, because Jesus Christ lives, you can face tomorrow and live in the joy and the freedom that that brings even today. And in the cry that has been on the lips of Christians since that first Resurrection Sunday, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We're going to read one of the eyewitness accounts from the Gospel of John. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to read verses 1 to 18. I'm reading from the New International Version, and this is what John writes. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus Christ is the most amazing person. He never composed a song, but there is more music written about Jesus than any other person in history. 
Jesus never painted a picture, but more art has been made about Jesus Christ than anyone else. Jesus never traveled more than a few hundred miles from where he was born. And yet you can find his followers in every nook and cranny on this planet. But for those first men and women caught up in the events of that first Good Friday and that first Easter day, it would have been impossible for them to fully realize what they had just lived through. But meeting the risen Lord Jesus transforms everything. And through them, this message of resurrection would change the world and continues to do so. But here's the great news for us. Their story becomes our story. There is no one watching today that this does not impact. All of us need the presence of the living Lord Jesus to burst into our life. For some of us, it's wake-up time to know him and to connect with him. And today, you can let that happen. Later, there's going to be opportunity for you to respond. This is the great news. Today is Sunday, and it's now always Sunday because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What do we need to hear today? Well, the first thing I want to say is this happened. This is historical. This is not a fairy tale with a great feel-good ending to cheer us up. This is set in time and space. Early on the first day of the week, on the Sunday after Passover, around AD 33 in Jerusalem, at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. This affected real people, the Marys, Peter and John, all of the disciples, Thomas and so on. Over 500 people saw the risen Jesus. And between them, the gospel writers record what happened in beautiful detail. I love the race between Peter and John. You know, John just likes to think he's a bit of an athlete. And so he records the fact that he won the race. Luke, one of the other gospel writers, records how Jesus ate some fish and the crunch that he must have made when he bit on that piece of fish. And in this account, the neatly folded scarf that would have been around Jesus' head. All these beautiful details, but they, they tell us that these are eyewitness accounts, not just some story made up. All recorded to speak a life-changing message. I found out something this week that has always kind of puzzled me. And it's about the headscarf that was folded in this passage we've read. What I learned this week is that many carpenters in Palestine would have kept a handkerchief or a scarf as a sweatcloth to wipe their brow and hands as they worked. As many didn't write, it became customary to use this scarf as a means of communication to those who had hired them. And when the job was completed, they would fold the cloth and leave it by their work. The hirer would then know it is finished. And you know, John has just used those very words on the lips of Jesus on the cross. 
It is finished. The carpenter from Nazareth, who is the son of God, has finished his woodwork. He's also defeated death and beaten the grave. You see, Easter is not about the bunny or the chick, but about the Lamb of God who was slain and is now alive with a glorious resurrection body forevermore. He's finished his work of bringing new life to those who will receive him. And this, my friends, is the centerpiece of history. And it's the one event by which we all now stand or fall. Our response will determine the destination of our lives. That's incredible. But that leads me to the second thing I want to say. Not only is it historical that this happened, but secondly, that resurrection has to become personal. There are some beautiful moments recorded in the Gospels. Doubting Thomas, as he's often known, when Jesus appears to him and Jesus says, come on, Thomas, put your hands into my wounds. Touch me. Come and see where I was pierced. There's Peter on the beach after he's denied Jesus and Jesus restoring him back into service. What a beautiful, tender moment. But perhaps the most wonderful is what we've just read with Mary Magdalene here in the garden. She's changed by one word, her name, Mary. And suddenly her eyes are opened. And when he calls her name, it changes everything for her. And the same resurrected Lord Jesus calls your name today. For me, it happened in October 1983, when I was 18 years old, in my bedroom, contemplating a dark and evil film that I'd just watched. I felt horrible and unclean. My Bible, which had been on a shelf in my bedroom for years, I'd not touched it. It fell off. God had my attention. And I picked it up and I started to read it. And I, I can't even remember what I was reading. But in that moment, I knew the Lord was with me and Jesus was speaking to me. And I kind of felt him say, Richard, who's it going to be? And I knelt beside my bed and I said, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I give you who I am. Please forgive me. Please save my life. That changed me. That moment, that moment where I heard Richard, it changed me. And each one of us has to respond to what Jesus has done for us. Perhaps the most uncomfortable truth for us to grasp is that all of us, are sinners because we have chosen to ignore God and his ways. We've rebelled. We've messed up. We've made massive errors of judgment. We've become infected and stained with the virus and evil of sin. We know what's inside us, don't we? We know what's there. The Bible says that we deserve, because of that, to be separated from the God who made us, cut off forever from everything good, everything wholesome and life-giving. 
My friends, that is a dreadful prospect. But this is the good news. God didn't leave it there. He loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his son, into this world to take the punishment for sin that we should have received. And that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross on that first Good Friday. He took every bit of rubbish that stood between us and God and paid the price for it. And when Jesus rose again, he declared that what he did in his woodwork on the cross was completely effective in forgiving us, cleansing us, and making us alive. Therefore, we no longer have to be trapped by our sinful past. And yet I know there are so many people who are. They're riddled with guilt and with regret. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you are even this morning feeling that way. But it can be taken away. The past can be past. It can be forgiven. It can be healed. Because you see, on the cross, authenticated by the resurrection, Jesus paid the bill for every wrong. Our failings are nailed to the cross, so we don't have to keep on nailing ourselves. It is finished, paid in full, cancelled. And you can receive that today but you need to ask for his forgiveness. You have to change your mind about Jesus and acknowledge him as the king of your life. What are you waiting for? Today, you can know this personally yourself. But that leads me to the third thing. Resurrection is death defeating. It sounds obvious, doesn't it? But it's true. The impact of death is very real. I don't need to say much more about that right now, do I? All around us, we know. But every time we hear of a death, there's something inside us all that reacts against it and says, no, that's wrong. It shouldn't be that way. And do you know why that is? Because God has set eternity in the hearts of men and women. Even though that has been broken by sin, we long for it once again. We kind of know that we were made for more. But here, with the resurrection, Jesus has changed everything. There is now hope in the face of death. Jesus has conquered it. And you know what's so great is his victory that the New Testament even flaunts it and says, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And the promise of Jesus is that if we put our trust in him and invest all that we are in him, then what happened to him will happen to us. His resurrection will ultimately become our resurrection. That is amazing news. And for the Christian, being joined to Jesus means that death is no longer that fearsome, eternal reality that it once was. Instead, it becomes a gateway 
into eternal life with Jesus, a life of the highest order, which actually begins now and of which Jesus' own resurrection is a foretaste. Isn't that good news? Isn't that awesome? And right now, God wants to take the fear and the sting of death out of our hearts. He wants to break the fear and the shadow that it casts. But what about those who have not made Jesus Lord and Savior of their life? Well, death still remains the enemy of everything. And if today your life were demanded of you, where would you stand before Almighty God? Which way are you going? The way of Jesus or some other way? On Easter Day, we don't need to be stuck in the grave. Hallelujah. And the final thing that that leads me to is that resurrection needs to be proclaimed. We cannot keep this to ourselves. Jesus tells Mary, go to my brothers and tell them. Later, Jesus would say, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Church, those who are watching, this is such good news. We can't hide it away. We must let it out. We have been commissioned to do the things Jesus did to speak the words he spoke, to heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captives. This is what resurrection people do. You see, we're not just given time to kill. We have more glorious life to live. And it means that we can give ourselves wholeheartedly for him and to him and know that we can never lose whatever we do here in this world. We can risk it all and know we are safe and secure in him. What we get to do is to bring what is in heaven here on the earth. And what is not in heaven, we get to banish from the earth. Things like pain and sickness and evil and injustice and racism and poverty and oppression and slavery, all that rubbish, we get to do a death blow to it in the name of Jesus. God is no longer prepared to let such things stay around. And he wants us to bring his victory over all those wrong things. And because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have the power of God right now within us to move out of the way those things that will not be part of the age to come. And the greatest thing that we can do is to announce this good news to as many as possible. I just want to invite you to do something this week. I want you to do what I have done here. I want you to draw a rainbow. The rainbow, which is the sign of God's promise. It always has been. And it's an amazing promise of God's faithfulness. And I want you to write underneath in big letters, Christ is risen. And then 
put it in your window. We can't necessarily go out on the streets like we once did. We can't always go to places and see people in the way that we did. But we can do this. We can say Christ is risen. We can declare it. And we can say he is alive. And I want to encourage you to do that even today, to declare Jesus is alive. For some of you, it's time that you respond. It's now your move. This is a wake-up call. Just imagine being in your bedroom with the curtains closed and morning has broken. It's time to open the curtains and let the light in. Time for you to come and let Jesus into your world. Today is time for you to hear him call your name. And Jesus would do that right now. He would speak to you. He would speak your name and say, come on, you can come and live with me. It's time for you to change your mind, to change your ways, to follow him. Some of you, you need to have a bath. What do I mean? You need to be baptized. Do you know today we were going to baptize people, but obviously that's going to come in the future. But some of you still need to make that response. You need to be baptized. You need to declare that you're a follower of Jesus. And when all this is over, we're going to get the privilege of baptizing many people. Some of you need to know courage to share what Jesus has done with all around you. This is the power of the resurrected Jesus. I want to invite you now, if you're able, to stand and we're going to pray together. I want to invite anybody watching right now who doesn't know the certainty of this resurrection, I want to invite you to come to Jesus right now. I want to invite you to know that he's alive and he's calling your name and he's inviting you to turn your life around and go his direction and know his forgiveness and his brand new beginning. You can just say right now with me, Lord Jesus, please, will you forgive my sin? Lord Jesus, will you come into my life and make me brand new? Let your resurrection life give me a brand new start. And I give my life to serve you and to honour you in all that I do. And you know, if you've done that, I want to invite you just to let us know. Just type in on the screen what you've done. Because we want to pray with you. We want to follow that up. just want to pray right now that those of you who've been fearful about death and about things that we've heard in the news this week. I want to pray in the name of Jesus that fear would go, that the resurrection life of Jesus would break out in you. Lord, we pray for all those who are fearful of death right now. We pray for our prime minister. We pray for his family. We pray healing and breakthrough. We pray for our government. We pray for those serving in the hospitals and in all the support places right now that are making life for all of us much more bearable. Jesus, let your resurrection power break in. We pray healing and freedom for many this week. And Lord, right now, 
This is such good news. Let us know the Holy Spirit's power to declare boldly, Jesus is alive. And that is a life changer for everyone who believes. Amen. The Lord bless you.